Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. He's Grant Barfield. I am back, y'all. Grant Barfield's off this week, but I'm back. Are you getting any sleep? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple hours here and there. Um, you know, I have learned what 3 o'clock in the morning looks like. Yeah. I uh, learned that pretty well the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. But, yep. Uh, but, yeah, it's good. So, I mean. Dad life, man. Dad life, man. Thanks to everybody who uh, who responded on, on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Appreciate all the kind wishes. Uh, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a blast so far. It's uh, two weeks in. <laughs> so, I mean, but it's, it changes your life. Like, so, so Matthew, Matthew, I didn't, uh, Matthew, I've had since, what, four or five actually Matthew's here today because no school but um I didn't go through all of the no, waking up a million the, times the in the middle of the night, of the night I got in at the, I got in at the good time no, Eddie. I think I got in like right around five years old we're starting to have some fun with them Marcus is in the tough spot right now middle, those, those middle of the night diaper changes man they're uh but I bet you you wouldn't have it any other way they're not great but uh yeah you know it's it's so far, it has been it has been a rewarding, interesting experience. Like I said, it's yep. just getting started. So yeah, I know. It'll be I know. Congratulations, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, as mentioned, Graham Barfield is off this week. Uh, Matthew's sitting in. I don't know. If he has, <laughs> I don't know if he has any hot takes on uh, you know the draft prospects or what have you. But probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, but as always, we'll go behind the glass to talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murph, what's up? Marcus, glad to have you back. I know we were talking it's off good air to be back. that you you coming here now is like the mini vacation from live work. Is it kind of is the, the 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 fun part. You get to come here and talk about you know the fantasy football and other things. Yeah, I, I leave the house. I, I get to talk to other grownups. It's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so that's that. Um, not a lot on the docket today because I mean it's mid-April, so it's kind of a slow day. But we do have some stuff to talk about. Uh, we'll look back at the AAF, which you know, rest in peace, pour a little bit out for those folks in the AAF. But some of those guys are starting to sign with NFL teams, and they just kind of picked out a few guys that you know, maybe potentially could make an impact, and whether or not they'd be worth some late-round flyers and maybe some waiver-wire picks uh, as we get into the season this year. And then uh, rookies to watch. We're going to keep going through that. This week, we're looking at the wide receivers, which this is a very interesting group. We, we pared it down to five guys, but this is a, a very deep group uh, positionally in this NFL draft, and uh, be interesting to watch where these guys go. 
what kind of impact they can make and, and uh, what we're feeling about those guys uh, as we get closer to the draft and closer to the NFL season. But uh, in the meantime, let's do some news. <laughs> The news. As I mentioned, not a whole lot uh, on the newswire right now, but Kyle Shanahan was asked about his group of running backs. Uh, there's a whole lot of them there in San Francisco, Santa Clara, the Silicon Valley area, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he says they'll define their roles. Uh, Fabs, that's that's not good. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I didn't like when they signed Tevin Coleman, and Coleman clearly to me at least, is the back to own in San Francisco, uh, considering that his best fantasy season came in Atlanta when Shanahan was there uh, and they were there together. But Breida had flashes last season, and if McKinnon can actually stay on the field, we've seen him produce as well. And it's, it's too bad, too, because Shanahan's offense is really conducive to running back scoring fantasy points, and we've seen it going back to like you know Devonta Freeman, Carlos Hyde. I mean, but unfortunately now you're looking at a situation where not one of those three guys can be depended on as more than a flex starter, and even that, I wouldn't draft Coleman as a flex. I'd rather have him as more of an RB four if you're in a ten team league. So uh, an unfortunate turn of events there when they went in and signed Tevin Coleman. Because now you're looking at a situation where it could be any one of those three guys in any given week. Are you drafting any of these guys? I mean, I know you said Coleman's probably the guy you're, you're leaning towards yeah, first. But, I mean, but anything before the ninth round, tenth nah, round, something like that? I mean, dude, I, backfield committees give me headaches, man. So <laughs> I, and that one there. And it's unfortunate, too, again, because the offense is is, is been so running back friendly. But I can't do it. And. and I mean, McKinnon's going to go in the double-digit rounds. Brady's going to go in the double-digit rounds. Coleman will be the first one off the board, probably going to go somewhere ninth, 10th, 11th round, somewhere around there in a 10-team league. So uh, I am going to probably be fading my 49ers unless I can get Coleman at a bargain basement price. Yeah, I think that's, that's going to be the thing. It, it makes me wonder, though, because last year at this time, the 49ers were everybody's favorite sleeper offense right I mean you know Garoppolo was there they had signed McKinnon it looked like you know this offense was really going to come around Marquis Goodwin Marquis Goodwin obviously they had a ton of injuries and that sort of set everything back Mm -hmm. but now everybody's healthy again and even if they have you know three running backs that they're cycling from you know are are we back to thinking that maybe this is an offense we can kind of tap into a little bit this year well I mean clearly the guy that everyone is going to want is is George Kittle who by the way one of my favorites he was at Wrestlemania I believe was he um, in this year too? I know. Uh, I know. I, I, he's a huge. I know he had that game where he had to like rush out of the press yes. conference because he had to get there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so um, uh, he he's I mean probably top fifty pick, and and that's that's not not uh, not a shock after what he did no. this past season, putting up more yards than any tight end has ever had in a single season uh, in National Football League history. So I but like. There's nobody on the roster that is going to be worth more than a late round pick outside of Kittle, right? I mean, Garoppolo because quarterback he's a QB two, right? Uh, you know, we talked about the three running backs. I mean, Pettis Pettis is still going to go in the later rounds, right? So he's not a top fifty pick, and we'll see. You would think they're going to go after a wide receiver in the draft. You would think maybe in the second round. I was on uh, NFL mock draft live yesterday and talking about how I'd love to see Hakeem Butler go to the Niners in the second round, potentially go in and, and make some impact there from a fantasy perspective. But uh, yeah, the, the Niners offense is, is there. There's some players that are going to be useful. Right. 
uh, outside of Kittle, but there's not anybody that's going to be drafted relatively high. Staying in the division, heading down to Arizona, obviously they have the number one pick in the draft, and there's been plenty of speculation about what they're going to do. Most of that speculation is about Kyler Murray. Along those lines, Kyler Murray is headed down to Arizona to visit with the team. Uh, The reports are he's bringing his agent. They're going to talk. Now, that leads people to believe he's going to go number one overall because the only team that can negotiate currently with potential draft picks is the number one overall pick. So that you know leads to speculation that it, it's signed, sealed, delivered. Kyler Murray is going to the desert. The wrinkle in this whole thing, and mind you, this yeah, as we record this, it is April 10th. So you know we're still a ways away from the kickoff of week one. But Josh Rosen was present for the start of the Cardinals workout program. Uh, I'm going to throw this out here just because we've seen guys like Howie Roseman in Philadelphia talk about how it's important to try to stockpile young quarterback talent. Is there a weird situation where Arizona maybe hangs on to Josh Rosen and and then they have a weird quarterback battle when we get to the fall? No, dude, you don't. <laughs> I, I, we've seen the reports right now, uh, according to several sources, including uh, Peter King, who is pretty tapped in. Uh, he considers the Redskins the quote favorite in the clubhouse to trade for Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good fit because Alex Smith, unfortunately, after that that awful injury he suffered last season, He's a big question mark. I get it. You know, they bring in Case Keenum, but I mean, Marcus, he's Case Keenum. So if you're looking for a quarterback who could be your franchise signal caller, Rosen would come in. I don't know that he would cost a first round pick. He could end up being a bargain in any kind of trade. But the Redskins are one of those teams that could really use help at that position. And so for me, I'd love to see Josh get an opportunity to go to the Redskins. I think everyone sees now that the, you know, that Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals are they're they're digging mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. They're in on Kyler Murray. Uh, Kingsbury loves him, loves what he can potentially bring to the offense. Uh, the comparisons, of course, to Russell Wilson are, are never ending. So I'd be I'd be more shocked if they didn't trade Rosen and uh, the Redskins could be that team that, that comes in there and uh, and grabs him uh, maybe during the draft or before the draft. You talk about Josh Rosen possibly going to, to Washington. And, you know, we've, we've seen a number of different places. I know that I was a big Josh Rosen fan last year. I don't know how you felt about him. I mean, is he's not going to get drafted fantasy wise, right? He's going to be a guy that hangs out right. on the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. But I mean, is there the potential for Josh Rosen to, I don't know, be what a two QB league guy? I mean, is is there some is yeah. there a, a a road for Josh Rosen to be on a fantasy roster? I mean, well, I mean, aside from dynasty, um, you know, two, two QB leagues, I think he's obviously going to get uh, he's going to get drafted unless it's a smaller league, but. The Redskins offensively right now, you're, their number one wide receiver is Josh Doxson. Right. Their number two is Paul Richardson. And then you got Trey Quinn, who could be a nice little PPR sleeper. Mm-hmm. We'll see, depending on what the Redskins do. But that's another team that needs a wide receiver. If they could be in the market for a wide receiver, maybe not in the first round. Maybe we'll see. Um, but th- that team, and that team has really been hurt. You know, you, you lose Jamison Crowder. The the fact that Doxson has busted as badly as he has has yeah. really hurt them at that position. And you're looking at a run-heavy offense with Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson, if he can actually stay healthy, and a team that I don't know that is going to be conducive to solid quarterbacking numbers because on paper they don't look all that good. And so this is a team that uh, that, that could be in a little bit of trouble. They're going to want to play ball control. They're going to want to keep the ball out of the hands of their opposing quarterback and uh, keep the ball on the ground. So Rosen, to me... 2QB League, obviously Dynasty, that's a no-brainer. But 
not a whole lot of value there, and it has not not at all anything to do with Josh in terms of his skill set. It's more of just the offense around him. The Redskins, uh, they're a team that they're they're in rebuild mode. Yep, you know, they really are, and yep. and they have a lot of holes uh, at the wide receiver position in terms of the pass catchers. So. Uh, I think it would be great for Rosen uh, to go to Washington or a team that's going to allow him a chance to be the guy because, I mean, heck, I mean, last last year we were talking about this guy, you know, maybe going, you know, to, uh, the number one overall pick. I mean, right. who knows? The, you know, the Giants seem to be interested in him as well at that time. But um, uh, good, it would be a good move for him if he's if he's dealt because then you have Murray, who's got a clear path to the quarterbacking job in Arizona, which I think he would in anyways, even if Rosen's stuck. But uh uh, I would expect there to be a trade here in the next couple of weeks. Well, we keep an eye on that one. I mean, this is the thing. Literally, we could go to draft day and, and have Josh Rosen get traded like on draft day or yeah. something like that. So th- this thing is still kind of brewing. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens, uh, you know, but uh, it, it's going to be interesting. But I tell you, though, Murray, I'm excited about him, dude, because you know how I get over these rookie quarterbacks who can run. And, and time and time again, we've seen it proven that these guys make fantasy impacts. And you, you put him into that offense uh, under Cliff Kingsbury, obviously an offensive-minded head coach. Oh, giddy up, man. Yeah. I am excited about it. Like, I, he's probably going to get overdrafted. He's going to get overdrafted. So, I would I would be more excited about it when I see what they do at wide receiver. Um just because, you know, I mean, look, I, I know Christian Kirk w- was pretty good until he got hurt last year. I know we all love Larry Fitzgerald, but, right. you know, this is going to be, what, year 17, I think, for him right now. <laughs> they I could mean, be looking at a wide receiver in the draft as well. They've got to be looking at a wide receiver in the draft. I mean, Kevin White has, you know, he's Ooh. there now, but he's proven to be a bust so far. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as much as we love quarterbacks who can run, um, yeah, I think there's still a little bit of a ceiling until he gets some playmakers around him who can do something in the passing. Because otherwise, then he's he's a more accurate Lamar Jackson, I think mm-hmm. actually is, is a thing. So I love his team. I love his potential. I want Arizona to get him some help. So there we go. And there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right. The AAF has uh, come and apparently gone. Uh, it was quick. It was quick. They mm-hmm. did not finish the regular season and they have ceased operations. I know the talk is they hope that they can maybe restructure and restart next year. But uh, as Bro, what is the What is like Vince McMahon thinking right now? Oh, he's looking at like, straps. Oh, dude. He is. It's. I mean, it's. He is. You know what? He's walking around like that gif you see of him just like strutting into the arena. That <laughs> that is him every day right now, thinking about uh, what the XFL is going to do. But now that the AAF is done, some of those guys are finding their way onto NFL rosters. Uh, a lot of them are guys who had previously played in the NFL and for one reason or another just hadn't been able to stick. Uh, in the National Football League, and now they're getting another shot. But there were three of them that I picked out here because I think they're interesting names in the sense that maybe this time around they can make some sort of an impact. The first one was, was Rashad Ross because he was one of the first guys to sign once that was open and ready to go. Uh, led the AAF with seven receiving touchdowns. Played a couple of seasons in Washington. Never really got on the field consistently. Uh, in two seasons, had a total of nine catches, 192 yards, and a touchdown. But now... He's with the Carolina Panthers, and that's a team that Fabs they they need wide receiver help. And like I don't I don't expect Rashad Ross to come out and suddenly be a number one guy in this offense. Um, but in an offense that has targets available, um, 
I mean, they can't throw to Christian McCaffrey on every play, right? I mean, they, there's, there's got to be something there for Rashad Ross he could possibly do. Yeah, man. I see. I'm just... And I'm just being a negative Nancy. I don't know. I'm just I'm not a believer in these AAF guys making any sort of impact uh, from a fantasy standpoint. I think it's funny uh, that you listed these three guys. Trent Richardson is nowhere to be found. He's not. He's, he's nowhere to side. be found. That I, I mean, like me. I mean, right now, like I, I mean, the Minnesota Vikings. If you look at their depth chart, past Delvin Cook, like you, you, it's not I much. Mean, they're going to draft a running back. I mean, no doubt about that. But I mean, Trent Richardson not going to be able to get a job. And right now, you've got Cook, you've got Mike Boone, and Rock Thomas, and then Amir Abdullah. So um, there's teams out there that need running backs. And I played in an AAF league. And by the way, so if you played in one, and there probably are not a lot of people, but you know the oh, there are some diehard knuckleheads like me. <laughs> there are some. So I was I was tied for first, and I had the most points. Eddie, you can get in this too, okay? Um, and I, I was told that I was a three-way champion. I says, listen, I had the best. I, I, no one had a better record than me, and no one scored more points than me. How do I not win that league? How, oh, I, I just feel like. How I, do I not win it? I just feel like everybody just gets their entry feedback. You, you just know? disband the league. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I mean whatever, right? whatever your whatever your ante was to get in the league and whatever league you're in, I figure you just, just get your money back. It, and it's it should done, have right? been three, a three-way tie. It should have no. been. It's either what Marcus said, everyone just gets their money back, or they just go by most overall scored points, which is like what I think a, a most tiebreakers are. So you, it's either you win or everyone gets their money back. Yeah, so I had some fun <laughs> I had some fun with, uh, with Todd Mossberg, our uh, beloved producer at NFL Fantasy Live, because he was the commissioner. I think I beat him down pretty good. <laughs> I think I beat him down pretty good. I said, hey, "Listen, what is the what what is the what is the the main goal in fantasy football? To win by scoring the most points." Okay? And that and I said, "Hey, dude, no one had a better record than me and I scored the most points. So I should win." So it I, it was a three-way tie which is, you know, that's like kissing your sister. Right? It's like whipped cream on Beep, right? I, <laughs> I, mean, I, I want I want to listen. I want to go down as saying I was in an AAF league and I won the damn thing. And I still think I did win the damn thing. I mean, so anyways, um, that's just me ranting a little bit. Um, points, man. It's all about points in fantasy football. But uh, yeah, you've got Charles Johnson on here who was a stud. Like in our league, I mean, that guy, mm-hmm. was, that guy was a monster. Right. But again, he had played in the NFL before and didn't do anything. Three seasons with Minnesota. Uh, yeah. In those three seasons, 60 catches, 834 yards, a pair of touchdowns. But he led the AAF in targets and receptions and receiving yards. He's with the E. Now, I think. I mean, the Eagles got it. I mean, that's, they, that's they're a, loaded. That's a bit of a tougher road for him to get yeah. on the field and get some opportunities. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, I, I think with the Panthers, Rashad Ross at least has a, a fighting chance because they, they are still looking for wide receiver help. Charles Johnson to the Eagles is, I think, going to be a, a tough road for him to kind of go mm-hmm. now. Kenneth Farrow, running back. He was uh, second in the AAF in rushing attempts, third in rushing yards. Now, mind you, third in rushing yards in the AAF was 372 <laughs> yards. That's not a whole lot. Yeah. He did play one NFL season with the San Diego Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that one season, 60 carries, a uh, buck 92, no touchdowns. Um, he is with the Dolphins. Yeah. And I mean, third on the depth chart, third on the depth chart, right? I mean, look, I, for now, they are probably going to draft a running back. They're going to do something to kind of shore up that backfield. And this is a team that is the Dolphins are building for the future, right? Mm-hmm. They are not trying to win right now. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's a, a, you know, if some injuries happen or some things break right, maybe he gets an opportunity. But yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I guess I don't see you know, There's an opportunity. I guess it's just not a great one, right? Right. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, and. <laughs> Again, I go back to like, so 
uh, Gilbert signed with the with the Browns, right? It was a Garrett Gilbert Garrett, signed, Garrett with, the Gilbert signed he, with the Browns. I mean, he was he was pretty impressive. There were a couple of quarterbacks who signed, but I feel like with the quarterback, yeah, I it mean, really is a long no, no, you're right, to, right. To get exactly, there. exactly. I, I don't see any of these guys getting drafted in fantasy leagues unless you're, you know, one of those folks who did play in an AF league and maybe uh, you had Charles Johnson and he helped you win a championship, Todd Mossberg. <laughs> And you, you throw a late round flyer at them, but I don't see any of these guys. If, and, you know, the league was fun to watch. I mean, we were we were having our guys uh, call the games on uh, NFL Network. Yeah. And so, well, it, it's unfortunate. We'll see. Um, I, I don't know. But this is just another one of those leagues that it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's it's almost impossible to survive Well, uh, with, with the big NFL there. And, you know, Jason Smith, a dear friend of mine who used to be on NFL Fantasy Live, you know, he talked about like, and I don't get it too. Like, why why doesn't the NFL have some sort of developmental league? Right? They do. I mean, it's called college football. I know. But I mean, like, it's called college football. I mean, and like like practice squad guys. You know, like like during the well, week during the NFL season, like they play on like Tuesdays and Wednesday nights or something like that. So here's the I don't know. Well, here's the problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I I think this is like I never meant to get into an AAF discussion, but I think it's worthwhile, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think to have a real true developmental league, you would have to play in season like the problem with the yeah, AAF is definitely. it's hard to play a full season and then expect to be ready and play an NFL season if that's what you're asked to do you know you would have to do it like baseball where your minor league season runs at the same time the problem with with that for the NFL is they're not going to want any other product really cutting into their product um and so well, I think- what if they're like on a, if you if you if it's an NFL product so so no one's so, really cutting into it so and it's you- on Tuesdays and Wednesdays for example like I mean you know I mean, maybe I just wonder, you know, because you've got you've got college football right now that runs certainly Saturdays. Uh, you know, I don't know. They're still doing like Tuesday night maction on, on ESPN and yeah, stuff like that. Um, I mean, so it's just it's already you already have a loaded, loaded schedule of football. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's hard to find a spot to get traction during the week, especially when the NFL is playing Thursday, Sunday, Monday. Um, so that that's kind of one problem. And in the offseason, obviously, we, we've seen kind of what the offseason issues are. Uh, the other part of it, I think, from a viewership standpoint, um, like I love baseball. I don't watch AAA baseball. Um, you know, yeah, no, it, <laughs> it's, you I, know, think I think it would part be, of it. you know, what, Marcus, I think it would be more localized, though. So, you know, people would be going to support the team. So say like, you know, the Cowboys had a team. It would be somewhere in and around the area, uh, you know, Dallas, who knows where it would be. Mm-hmm. But people would be going to, you know, localized people going to that game to be sort of see some of some of the prospects that the Cowboys, you know, might have on, on their on their roster that could potentially help them with the big club. I don't know. It, yeah. I mean, we've never seen it, but I mean, we've seen the USFL that folded. We've seen the XFL that folded. Now the AAF is folded. The XFL is trying I'm, again. I'm curious what the new XFL season. does, uh, how that how that survives. Well, I'll tell you one thing. The, the the XFL needs there to be a work stoppage with the NFL to survive for for even more than a year. Aren't they trying to grab freshman and sophomore college players too? They're trying to go after underclassmen, which I think is real. It's a really bold strategy, and that's mm-hmm. like that's that'll be the closest thing you can get to an actual developmental league because those guys would still have to be in in the college ranks yeah. to right. get drafted. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, well, I can go get paid and I can go play on a national television. I mean, not that, that some of them don't already, but that is the one interesting thing of that league that could help propel that because yeah. I think as of now you have these players who are like well I'd rather just get drafted into the NFL make the minimum salary in the NFL mm-hmm. be on a practice practice squad roster and then hopefully my chance will get called up if an injury right. happens or a trade happens whereas it's really hard to convince these guys to go to an AAF type league or the CFL and play and, and wait for a call and wait for a call exactly right 
Yeah, um, you know, I, I think it's it's always going to be sort of the conundrum of, uh, you know, and, and maybe maybe it does have to be that the NFL has to figure out a developmental league because right now, I mean, with the the situation of guys going trying to go from college to the NFL, um, it's not like it's not like baseball where you get drafted and you know you're going to ride buses in the middle of nowhere <laughs> for a while, or you know you're an NBA player and you're going to get sent maybe to the G League or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the expectation for guys is I'm going to get drafted. I'm going to go to the NFL. I'm going to go to the big league right now. So I think I think that mindset is one. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a way to do it. I don't know if the NFL would ever do it, but I, it, I think it would be cool to like, you know, if the, a, the AAF was basically like the NFL's, you know, hey, every team had sort of a, a you know, a, a team that right. you could call a guy up. You got an injury. This guy already knows the offense. They run the same offense. They run the same defense. They already they're they're, they're set up in the system. You just call them up. Hey, we've got injuries. We need to bring this guy in. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, football, people love football. People love it. I just, well, people love good football. I just say for entertainment value, they should bring back the arena league. Just, oh, just because it was entertaining more than yeah, that was fun. <laughs> but, I, so, uh, when the XFL comes along, you guys going to play fantasy XFL? Uh, doubtful. <laughs> doubtful. I might do it. I don't know. I, like, I, I, I did man. AAF. I mean, I, mean, I, I you might did do AAF. It. Why wouldn't you do? Yeah, that? I might Why? do it. <laughs> the don't. thing with me is like, if, if they are gonna go and poach these freshman and sophomore players who I watch on Saturdays, and I'm like, oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. The more familiar I am with the league, will make it easier for me to play because mm-hmm. I know a little bit about them. So I think, sure, um, I am really intrigued by what the XFL can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's Vince McMahon, and I love Vince. I love the WWE. Everybody knows it. You know that that listens to the show. Um, I got a lot of friends in WWE. I just feel like it's ego, man. I think Vince is like, you know, the XFL, it, it succeeded in a lot of ways. And some of the things that the XFL did, the NFL does still to this day. Um, but I think it's ego, man. I think he just, I think he just wants to prove that he can run a league, uh, that can succeed, uh, right alongside the NFL, maybe not right alongside, but it, it wouldn't be a league that folds after a year. I just, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I see it happen. Well, I don't know. At least, uh, I mean, if, if anything else, I'm sure they are closely watching what went right and what went wrong from the AAF uh, just to you know, try to yeah. avoid some of that stuff. On a, on a positive note for the NFL, though, I mean, we, we saw a uh, release yesterday from the NFL and NFLPA that they've already started uh, discussions on a new CBA, and we need that to happen. I mean, I get it. We've got a couple more years. Uh, I believe it ends after the 2020 season, uh, the the current CBA. But uh, it would just be a disaster if there was another work stoppage, man. Everybody loves the, the NFL. I get it. The players want you know more guaranteed money, and hopefully there's going to be some negotiations, some positive nego- negotiations. But it's 2019. At least they're starting right now. They're starting now, That's so good. we'll see. We'll That's see good. what happens yeah. there. Um, all right. Back to actual fantasy-related type football. Um, rookies to watch. I know you and, and Graham have kind of talked about this a little bit. Yep. This week, we will pivot to the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, this is a, a pretty deep group, at least a, it's a very interesting group. And so uh, we picked out five guys kind of near the top of that group that, that are going to be interesting with uh, get some, some takes on where might be good fits for these. Uh-huh. Guys. So uh, Marquise Brown is, you know, look, you can go around and around who's the number one. He's kind of been maybe the consensus guy at the top of this class. A, I would say it's either him or DK. DK Metcalf, right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but let's start with Marquise Brown, right? Kind of a smaller, speedier guy. Um, yep. You know, likely the first wide receiver off the board, either him, like I said, him or DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts? Where where would you like to see a guy like, like Marquise Brown land? So when you look at the first round, 
there, there are a lot of teams that need a wide receiver, yep. dude. I mean, mm-hmm. like you could go down the list. Okay. I mean, uh, the Jaguars could use a number one, the bills. And I get it. They made a bunch of moves. They still don't have a number one. Nope. Green Bay has been rumored to potentially be in the market for a wide receiver. Although they drafted three, uh, last year, the Redskins need a number one wide receiver, uh, that, uh, the Titans could use a compliment to, to Corey Davis. Um, Seattle could use another wide receiver. I mean, Houston, like the list goes on and on and on. The Ravens, the Colts. So uh, I, I did the show yesterday. Charlie Casserly uh, had Hollywood going to uh, the Ravens. And any wide receiver that goes to the Ravens, especially a first-round wide receiver, mm-hmm. is going to have fantasy value. Why? Because the Ravens have – their number one wide receiver right now is Willie Sneed. You're yeah. not a number one wide receiver. <laughs> so that receiver is going to have some value. But keep in mind, this is an offense that when Lamar Jackson took over, they were running the ball 64% of the time. But you can't be that one-dimensional in the NFL. You'll get killed. Right. Yeah. I, defensive coordinators are smart in this league. So um, anybody that goes to the Ravens is going to get is going to get a little boost from a fantasy perspective. So, um, But, you know, Hollywood, everyone talks about him being comparable to Deshaun Jackson. And I saw Graham tweet out something yesterday. It had something to do with the size. I mean, he's 5'9". Right, he's, he's a small he's guy. He's not a big dude. I remember I interviewed Deshaun Jackson years ago, and, um, and I'm not a big dude, obviously. Okay, I'm like 5'8". No jokes. So I round <laughs> up, Eddie. And Deshaun Jackson wasn't much taller than me, dude. I mean, he wasn't much taller than me. So um, he's, not a, he's not a big dude. He's got dependable hands, pro football focus. Uh, so he had caught all but five of 90 catchable passes last season. So wow. good hands and um, a player who's he's a slot receiver uh, predominantly. And, um, uh, you know, this is a guy who uh, who can who can make plays. You know, he, he can make plays. Actually, you know what? That was A.J. Brown, uh, the, the catchable passes. Uh, I just mixed that up. But okay. uh, but Hollywood Brown, uh, 17 broken tackles last season. So despite his size, uh, he's a playmaker. Um. I was looking at it. I don't know that I don't know how this would happen without some sort of trade or something or or, or Marquise Brown falling quite a bit. Um, but Detroit would be an interesting landing spot for him right there. Mm. I mean, with with Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay on the outside with him losing Golden Tate, which was kind of a Danny Amendola. Uh, like I said, uh, <laughs> like I said, I mean, like I think throwing putting him in the slot, you know, you've got hopefully with uh, with carry on Johnson back and healthy back there in the backfield, you know, we, yeah. I just I think be an interesting fit there. I don't know how it happens. Like I said, I mm-hmm. think I think the Lions either have to somehow trade up into the you know either trade down to the you know later because I don't think they're going to take him at eight. It just doesn't make sense. So either they trade down and try to take him later in the first round, or they trade back up somehow to get late into the first round, or or somehow you know Marquise Brown ends up falling until the second round or something like that. But man, that'd be a that'd be an interesting fit there. And yeah, kind of get that offense going again. Yeah. Um. DK Metcalf, who after his combine performance, people were calling him Dark Knight Metcalf because he was like a superhero yeah. with, the, with what he. Although it's, it was like he had, you know, he had the great forty time. He ran a, a four three forty something like that. But then there was other. The, the three cone was not great. I mean, there there was a couple of other drills that he was like worse than Tom Brady. Yeah, the three cone was not great, but like his forty time was great. His vertical leap was great. Uh, I think he had like a, a really great bench press. So like something, yeah, he dude, was like he's, phenomenal, right? And something's not so much. He's he's kind of a raw like boomer bust kind of player. Right. Right. I mean, like he could potentially come in and blow the NFL up or he could be a bust. Yeah. I, like he, he, he missed time in college. He, he was banged up last year. Only played seven games at five touchdowns. But again, he's going to be a first round pick. There's no shortage of teams. As I mentioned that, that need a wide receiver in the first round. So I would think he's probably going to go in the first round. Don't know if he's going to be the first wide receiver to go in the first round, but um, 
I think he has the biggest upside mm-hmm. of anybody in the class. Um, I, I'd like him in Buffalo. Again, I don't know how this works because, again, the, the Bills picking so high, they're not going to take him where where they are drafted. I don't know. Yeah, nine. I don't know that he's a top 10 pick. You know, he's not going to get drafted. I've anymore. seen some mock drafts where, like, the Jaguars have taken him, the Bills have taken him. I don't know if he's a top 10 but pick. But I think with his, his straight line speed, his ability to get deep, and you pair him with Josh Allen and that big arm, uh, I, mm-hmm. think, I think that's potentially really interesting there. Uh, you mentioned, I, I think Washington has an interest in him. They could certainly use yep. some wide receiver help. I think Charlie Cashley has him going to Tennessee. Uh, that would be interesting, too. I just, I don't know. Not a good fantasy fit, though. I just feel like everything that goes to Tennessee just, just sort of dies. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, everything about that offense, just, it's oatmeal. It's fine. Just you're give the ball to Derrick Henry it. 300 times. Like, you're just not excited That's about it. it. It's just oatmeal. Uh, so there. Uh, A.J. Brown, uh, the other Brown in this draft who uh, yep. had a lot of run. I got him mixed up like an idiot. Um, I've seen the Giants have some interest in him. Uh, I don't know if that gets Eddie excited back there. A.J. Brown going to the, the New York football Giants. I've seen Indy, supposedly, with a little bit of interest, but I, I feel like they, they kind of have their wide receiver slots locked up. Right well, but Funches is only on a one-year deal. True. So... Uh, Charlie Castley has the Colts taking him. You put A.J. Brown in Indianapolis, and again, uh, mistakenly, it was A.J. who caught uh, all but five of 90 catchable passes last season. You put him with the Colts, you get Andrew Luck's value rising a little bit, and um, his Dynasty League value would be tremendous. Maybe not his redraft value because, as you mentioned, you've got you've got T.Y. there, you've got Funches, uh, you've got Ebron, assuming Jack Doyle is going to be uh, back to 100%. So there's a lot of options there, but long term with the Colts, he can make an impact. Uh, maybe Jacksonville. I mean, they're another thing that like, they have. They have like 17 wide receivers. It feels like, and like we're still waiting for one of them to kind of assert himself. Right. Yeah. In that offense, so uh, so maybe AJ Brown there. Nikhil Harry, who's a guy that I love. I mean, maybe because I watch a lot of Pac-12 football. Um, but I I loved watching. Yeah, him at Arizona you, you State. watched that catch that he made against your Trojans. Uh, everybody made catches against the Trojans. But that one was sick. that was <laughs> that like was that was like OBJ. <laughs> that was ridiculous that he made against this. Yeah, I mean um, that, that was unreal. That uh, was like Spider Man, dude. But so I'm like. I'm thinking, why not keep him in in the Valley of the Sun? Keep him there in the area. Cardinals, go get him. I mean, they, they could use some wide receiver help. Go get this guy and whoever your quarterback's going to be. I mean, probably Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. If it somehow is still Josh Rosen, whatever. Get your quarterback some help. And get them. Yeah, he's Harry is kind of a raw talent right now, but... He is a guy who is improving. He's getting better. He comes with these st- the stamp of approval from Herm Edwards, who, you know, Herm can be a little bit nutty sometimes in his press conferences, but the guy knows NFL talent. He coached on the NFL level. Uh, he says good things about Nikhil Harry, and I just I think I think the Cardinals could do well to kind of add him to that, re- that, that roster and kind of start rebuilding that offense a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I like him. Um, I had him second among my wide receivers behind Metcalf because I think Metcalf has a bigger upside, mm-hmm. uh, although the downside is pretty big too. But Nikhil Harry, uh, this dude was a tackle-breaking machine, okay? Last year, he produced 515 yards after, after the catch, and he only had 1,088. I mean, he, he, he's a big, strong dude. I mean, uh, a little bit like Metcalf. I mean, he's a physical specimen, uh, clearly athletic. I mean, that catch that he made against the Trojans, if you haven't seen it, go look at it. It's awesome. Um, the Redskins, again, would be a good fit with just Doxon, Richardson, and Quinn there. But how about a sleeper team okay. at the end of the first round? Patriots. Yeah. Pat- I mean, you no, know, you're right. I, dude, I mean, you like, really you know, like uh, you want to talk about a guy whose value would go up, right? 
You've got Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. Who else you got? I mean, you got more, more. You got Harris over there, right? I mean, you've got Dorsett. I mean, well, what, and, do you, what do you got? And now with with Gronk retired, right? You've opened up a whole lot of targets in that offense. Nikhil, boy, that that would be fun. That hell, that, I mean, I get it. Tom Brady, um, you know, not the same guy who's going to give you, you know, five thousand yards and forty touchdowns, but still, I mean. You could do a hell of a lot worse than catching the ball from uh, the greatest quarterback uh, to ever play the position. So that would be uh, a, a, an ideal landing spot for him. But I think he could end up being in. Uh, I talked to uh, an NFL DB on this, and he told me he thinks that Harry's the best wide receiver in this class. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was the guy who emerged as the best fantasy wide receiver from 2019. I think class. he has a really high ceiling just because he's still raw and he's still kind of. Mm-hmm honing his craft and so mm-hmm. if he can put it all together i think he's at a really really high ceiling yep um last one hakeem butler who's another guy who's getting a whole lot Dude. of attention lately i mean just In a fantasy physical, it's unreal a physical specimen um yeah it just he's a guy who's getting a whole lot of attention right now and he's a guy who maybe doesn't have a long history of production necessarily at the college level, but just people love his raw, his raw gifts, his natural ability. Graham loves him. Uh, I know Graham loves him. I know the, a lot of, a lot of dude, draft Twitter loves. I have seen uh, some, some of our fantasy analyst friends out there on Twitter posting. Draft Twitter loves Hakeem Butler. They have, a, I, I've seen him as high as the number one fantasy rookie in dynasty leagues. Yeah. Number one. Um, which I think one, I think one speaks to how, the hype is going. It also speaks to the fact that this is a year where there are no clear-cut number one yeah. dynasty. I mean, you know me. I'm picks. going Josh Jacobs. But, <laughs> like so, just but, no pick. so big dude, he's, he's like 6'5", uh, 227. Um, he averaged 22 yards a catch. And he's not like a, just a possession receiver because, I mean, yards after catch. I mean, right. he's a nut. I mean, the guy has got physical gifts. But as Lance Zerline pointed out to me yesterday, it's 17 drops in his last two seasons at college. Yeah. He's got to catch the damn ball. And and Lance kind of poo-pooed it a little bit. He was like, I mean, I mean, yeah, he's a nice player, but he doesn't see why all this hype is starting to build around him. Because this is what happens when you have six weeks between the combine yeah, and the true. draft. Is that every, like, that's at true. some point, every player is going to get, because and I, I love all our fantasy friends out there and, and it is fun kind of you know conversing with all you guys but we also get to a point where everybody has written about every single player so by the time we get to draft day everybody's got a little bit of yeah no no right so <laughs> but I don't know if he's a first round pick though I don't think he's going in the first round no so I would say he's a second round pick and I would think he'd be a nice fit for the Niners that'd be interesting because right I, I mean they, I, they could use a big kind of physical receiver like that. their number one is Pettis right now is Pettis who you know is, and I don't think Pettis s- is a number one he's not a physical guy he's a speed guy certainly yeah. you know Marquise Goodwin another speed guy who you know hopefully he can stay healthy and, and stay on the field right um, I mean you know Garcon is gone guy which so that just never worked out the way they wanted it to yeah um yeah so but, that'd be interesting yeah but I, I think he's certainly a player to, to watch in the draft. And, uh, you know, if, if you're not paying too much attention to some of the wide receivers in this class, Butler is certainly a name to watch and, and see where he goes because fantasy fantasy analysts across social media are just gaga over this. Oh, team. yeah. No, they I mean, gaga. I, I can't scroll Twitter without seeing, you know, at least once every couple of days, some film clip of uh of Hakeem Butler somewhere. Yeah. So I try to take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt. Like, there's dudes that I'm excited about. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm excited about Kyler Murray. I, I don't know. I, I, I will I'm say, so excited about him. I will say there are, I mean, and, and look, when you do this for a while, you kind of figure out who, you, look, you find guys whose opinion you trust, and I think it's worth just kind of 
maybe not necessarily buying into the hype, but at least looking at the guy's skill set, what he does good and what he of does course. poorly, yeah. and then trying to figure out how that how that. Yeah, I mean, so. doing stuff at the combine and in college is is a lot different than doing it in right. the NFL. And if we've if we've learned one thing, Marcus and Edward, over the last what decade, it's been really hard for NFL teams to scout wide receivers well, correctly you know, the last, because there's been a ton of busts. The last three, maybe the last three years or so, first round wide receivers have not done well. And I, I can't figure out why. Um, you know, we went from having that phenomenal, you know, the OBJ year. That was like, what, was that, what, 2014? Uh, I think 2014? so. 2014? Um, you know, that year, like, you know, you had all these first round guys who just went nuts. And since then... We've kind of struggled to find first round guys who could who could do the same thing. So yeah. we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Um, so I don't have this on the rundown, but this is our last podcast before Game of Thrones season eight begins. Oh my god! Um, it starts on Sunday, guys. I mean, this is real. This is live. So uh, I know you guys talked about it a little bit when I was yep. away, but uh, man, I don't, I don't even know what to, what to do about this. I'm I'm so excited. Like I look, I'll say this. I have this is where I've put in I've put in time, right? Because you know when you're in a relationship. There are things you have to do that you don't necessarily want to do, but you do it to kind of keep peace. This reason, this this Sunday and these next few weeks, this is why I've sat through so many episodes of Real Housewives. <laughs> you name it, right? I have watched a lot of Real Housewives of this and that so that like I can sit down and watch Game of Thrones and not have to argue or, or have a, a Oh, dude, listen, I'm, I'm right. <laughs> so... Because my girlfriend is not into sports at all. Like, she'll go to see the Yankees with me or she'll go to WWE, but she's not into sports at all. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things that you got to give up uh, if you want to be happy. To keep peace. Right? So, like, I haven't watched a whole lot of basketball in the last four years, right? And yesterday was our four-year anniversary. I haven't watched a lot of basketball in the last four years. I won't give up football, obviously, because it's my career. <laughs> I won't give up the Yankees. I won't give up wrestling. Um, but there are certain things that you need to give up. And on the flip side, as Marcus said, like, the stuff that my girlfriend likes to watch, and some of it's actually not that bad. Um, 90 Day Fiance. I don't know if you've ever I've heard, heard about this show. Oh, my gosh. I've heard of this show. It is a train wreck. <laughs> it's a train wreck. Because my, my girlfriend is from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. She's been here, like, 10, 11 years now. Um, but uh, it that show, I mean, sometimes sitting through that is like, oh, it's awful. <laughs> Luckily... And I don't know if your girlfriend, I'm guessing she's into Game of Thrones. She's never watched it. She said she watched Because oh. she's not into like fantasy or sci-fi. She said she watched one episode. She watched 10 minutes. There was a dragon. She's like, I'm out. Oh. And that was it. Yeah, luckily <laughs> luckily, Anna's into it. She digs Game of Thrones, so that's good. So um, I watched the entire last season already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, been going online looking at some potential uh, scenarios that people have concocted. Last week, Evan Engram came on and said that he wondered if maybe Hodor was going to come back as a White Walker. Oh, right. That I was like, I don't know how that, I feel about that. I, I don't know. That that would be kind of sad about that. That piqued my interest. We talked about whether or not. Um, I can't remember the dragon names. You know these Eddies, but like the the dragon who's now the White Walker dragon, maybe turn turns back Viserion. somehow yeah. or another, right? But I mean, you're the you're the guy to ask. Hey, I'm the one. This weirdo. is your world, I'm the bro. One weirdo who has not done any like rewatches or I haven't done I, any. No, actually, I yeah, yeah, but you, I you read all the books. Have, yeah, like, so I mean, you know, I have one request. It's a simple request, and you guys who have watched every season know this. The usually the first episode is like kind of like, all right, we're back. Like this is what's going on. It's mm-hmm. like a super slow pace. Like I just really want this one because it only. Six, just hit the ground right. I think they're going to jump into you it. Think so? I think so. I, I really think, hope. I'm I really hoping they do. Because this is this is the final season. I mean, they they've set it up. Like I don't know how many more chess moves they can make. Like right. let's let's fight. Let's do right. this yeah. right now. So yep. you got so you got Game of Thrones, and then is it the following week you've got Endgame? 
Uh, the, 20, right, the following 26th, which uh, is the so two so weeks. two weeks. Yeah, so we have, it'd be a third Game of Thrones episode, which pe- some people have said is one of the battle episodes already. I think they've linked it up. They mm-hmm. said that day you're gonna have like a, a ton of just loss that day because you have like the Night King and then you have Thanos. That's you know what we should a do? Heck of a weekend. I mean, I get it. Like it's this week. We should do some like remember Damashek did like the Game of Thrones fantasy football league or fantasy football fantasy league. Um, we should like do something like that. Like we should each like draft a bunch of a have bunch a of player, have a little right. So, Let's you know, see who survives. <laughs> right, yeah. Like see how see like you know which ones survive. May I have a little fun with that? Uh, yeah, we have to, I'm, I'm definitely. See, let's put it together real, real quick though, because yeah. it's a uh, what is Couple it? Days it's away. Wednesday. So yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> we got to do it soon. So I'll send out the email. We'll do like a slow email. Draft. There you go. So, so here we'll, we'll construct a, a scoring system. There it is. So that's it. We're done. That's it. Appreciate you guys listening. As always, tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, the problem with the rat race is that if you win, you're still a rat. See you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places.